Hi, I'm Pastor Nick Stavropoulos. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this service, and now we commit this message into your hands and pray that you will help, that you will help each listener, each viewer, from your holy word and through the truths that are presented. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. My friends, we have been learning from James chapter 3, verse 17, which says, why don't you read it with me from the screen. James 3, 17 says, But the wisdom from above is first of all pure. It is also peace-loving, gentle at all times, and willing to yield to others. It is full of mercy and the fruit of good deeds. It is full of mercy and the fruit of good deeds. In the last couple of messages, we've been learning more about, it, about what it really means to be full of mercy and the fruit of good deeds. In a previous message, which I called Mercy, 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 we discovered that in the Christian faith, the original Greek word, ilios, translated mercy, really means showing, showing compassion and, and love, kindness, and helping a person, even if the trouble a person is in was his or her own fault. We also discovered from Dr. William Barclay that the Hebrew word, the Hebrew word for mercy, which is chesed, C-H-E-S-E-D-H, means not only to sympathize with a person in the popular sense of the term, it does not mean to just feel sorry for someone in trouble. Chesed, mercy, means having the ability, the ability to, to get right inside other people until we can see things with their minds and feel things with, with their feelings see things with their eyes, think things with their minds, and feel things with their feelings. Ideally, that's what we want to work towards in terms of showing mercy. Uh, it could be said that mercy is love in action. Mercy is undeserved forgiveness and unearned kindness. It's not just a feeling. It's not just an emotion. It is something that you and I have to choose to do. Amen? Now today I want to share with you more practical ways to show mercy. That's the title of today's message. More practical ways to show mercy. Just before I share with you these truths, let's take a little quiz. A quiz uh, on how, how loving and merciful you and I are in our own family. Now you're going to see, you're going to see in a moment uh, the questions on your screen. But just get ready for this little quiz. The truth is sometimes the hardest place to show mercy is at home with the people that we live with. Isn't that right? Oftentimes we are harder on our spouse and on our children then we could be on total strangers. Sometimes we say the most inappropriate things to those that we love the most. And that can bother us. 
I hope it bothers you. It bothers me. Psalm 101, verse 2, in the Living Bible, says this. It says, Lord, why don't you read it with me from, from the screen? Read it out loud together with me. Lord, I want to live a blameless life, but how I need your help, Lord, especially in my own home where I long to act as I should. That is Psalm 101, verse 2 in the Living Bible. All right. Let's take this little quiz on how loving and merciful you and I are in our own home. In, in a moment here. In the last few weeks, when I was studying about mercy, mercy in the Bible and from other sources, I, I came across some excellent teaching material on mercy from Pastor Rick Warren. And a lot of what I am going to present to you today originated from Pastor Warren. Uh, and here is a little quiz that I came across from him to begin with. I don't know if he made up the quiz or he found it somewhere else, borrowed it from someone else, I, I don't know. But um, this quiz challenges us to just consider how merciful we are in our own individual families, all right? So, question number one. Here it is. You see it on your screen. When my spouse or my sibling or some other family member gets some detail wrong while telling a story, do I, A, do I interrupt them and correct them publicly, or B, do I say nothing, let it go knowing I've done the same thing? All right, what's your answer, A or B? No cheating. Remember, God is watching. <laughs> okay? All right. Here's the second question. It's, it's going to show up on your screen as well. When my spouse or my siblings or some other family member keeps making the same mistakes over and over and over, do I, A, become irritated and angry with them? Or, B, do I graciously forgive them and pray for them? What's your answer? A or B? Be honest with yourself, okay? Uh, and if you're sitting beside someone else, well, might be good to ask them, might not be so good to ask them for their opinion. Okay, let's go to question number three. Question number three. Here it is on the screen again. Isn't there a song? On the screen again. No. <laughs> anyway, here's number three. Number three. When my spouse or my siblings or some other family member is getting more attention than I think they deserve, do I, do I, A, feel resentful and feel the need to bring them down a notch? Or B, do I celebrate with them? Do you celebrate with them? 
All right? I, I think you know the right answer is celebrate with them. That's the right thing to do. And what, what really is your answer? I hope you're not lying through your teeth. Be honest with yourself. All right? Okay, let's go to question number four. Number four. On the screen again. When my spouse or my siblings or some other family member says or does something which I don't understand, do I, do I, A, assume they had the best motivation for doing it, or B, do you question their motivation and think the worst? Well, obviously the right answer is assume they had the best motivation, A, for doing it, all right? The, the truth is, the truth is, often you don't even know what your own motivation is about whatever. And so how, how can you or I question your spouse's or your brother's or your sister's or some other friend's motivation? Look for the best. And... Uh, Here's question number five. Number five, am I more polite, A, with strangers, or B, with my own family? Well, hopefully you and I are polite with our own family and also with, with strangers too. Okay, so here are, here are, more practical ways to show mercy. In the previous message, I shared with you two main ways by which we should show mercy. Here are some more practical ways that I believe can really help you and help your family and help all of us, okay? Here it is. Number one, number one. Read it with me from, from the screen. Show mercy by being kind to a person who doesn't deserve your kindness, but needs it. In most families, in most workplaces, in most schools, in most neighborhoods, and in most churches, there are people that could be called VDPs, okay? VDPs. So, what are or who are VDPs? Well, VDP could stand for very draining people. Do you know any like that? You probably do. Okay, could stand for very draining people. Or could stand for very difficult people. Or could stand for very disappointing people. There are all kinds of VDPs. Uh, as I'm speaking, now some of you are thinking, hey, <laughs> some of you are probably thinking, hey, I'm married to a VDP. <laughs> um, well, my wife Cindy, 
My wife Cindy would probably say that she is married to a VDP. Yep. She'd say that Cindy would say she is married to a VDP. Except, except, I hope that she would say for her, VDP stands for very delightful person. Is there an amen out there? Very delightful person. I say amen to that. <laughs> right, okay? Isn't that right, honey? You're married to a VDP, a very delightful person. Well, seriously, most of us have VDPs in our lives, very draining, very difficult, very disappointing people in one way or another. And realistically, for some of you, it might be your husband or wife, a son or daughter, a brother or sister, a father or mother, a a co-worker, a schoolmate, a neighbor, someone in church, wherever. And uh, if you happen to be sitting beside a VDP, don't, don't look at them now. And don't elbow them. Okay? All right? VDPs are often difficult to get along with. Right? Is there an amen? Right? They often think, they often think that they know more than anyone else. They are often pushy, uh-huh, rude, manipulative, yeah. Some VDPs are disappointing. They'll tell you that they'll do something for you or for someone, but, but don't. Don't end up doing it. They often disappoint you. So how should you and I deal with VDPs? How should we? Well, 1 Corinthians 13, verses 4 and 7 tell us how to deal with VDPs. Verse 4 says, love is patient and kind. Verse 7 says, love never gives up. Are you and I patient and kind, never giving up without VDP? Huh? What about it? How can you and I be more patient and kind with most VDPs? How, how can we? Here's how. Now stick with me, and I believe this is going to really help you will really make a difference in your life. Here's how you and I can be more patient and kind with VDPs. Proverbs 19, verse 11a, the first part, in the New International Version translation says this. It says, A person's wisdom yields patience. A person's wisdom yields patience. Well, what does that mean? What does that mean? It means when you and I gain a better understanding of a person or a situation, you and I will be a lot more patient. That's right. That's right. When you know about and you understand their fears, you will be more patient. 
when you know about and understand a person's hurts, you will be more patient. O- over the years, over the years, I've heard, uh, I- I've heard, for example, Pastor Rick Warren say, "Hurt people, hurt people. Hurt people, hurt people." Or we could say, "Hurting people." hurt other people. Over the years, when, uh, when someone has been giving me a hard time, I've often said to myself, there is something going on in that person's life and they are hurting. Let me try to find out what is causing their hurt, which is leading them to hurt others or to be difficult towards me. That's what I ask myself. You may not realize this, but oftentimes when you are hurting over whatever it is, you are inclined to hurt other people. Did you know that? Let me say it again. When you are hurting over whatever it is, you are inclined to hurt other people. When you understand a person's hurt, you will be a lot more patient with them. That's what it boils down to. Now, the problem, the problem with some of you is that you don't even realize. You don't even realize you are a VDP. And if someone tells you that you are, that you are a VDP, you will get upset. That's the problem. Isn't that right? Yeah, it sure is. To better help you show love, patience, and kindness towards a person, ask yourself questions like, um, like, what kind of a childhood did that person have? What kind of parents did he or she grow up with? Were his or her parents supportive, or were they, were they alcoholics or drug addicts who sometimes or oftentimes neglected their children? What kinds of losses has that person gone through? Loss of family members, loss of health, loss of a job, loss of finances, loss of their reputation, loss of dignity. A lot of people have gone through a lot of major serious losses, which, which has made it very difficult for them to cope with. Proverbs 19, verse 11 says, a person's wisdom yields patience. As I am talking, some of you are thinking, Wow. As I think of all that, that VD people, very difficult people, as I think, as I think of all that, that VDP person has gone through or is going through, I want to show more love patience, and kindness. 
as you gain more understanding, as, as you grow in wisdom as to what's really happened to that person. And, and as you, you and I show more love, patience, and understanding, and kindness, uh, that is mercy. That is mercy. When I reflect upon the major kinds of hurts that some very difficult people have gone through and have survived, I often say to myself, it's amazing that they are not even more difficult than they are. Some folks have gone through so much pain, so much pain emotionally, physically, financially, uh, in so many different ways. By the way, have you noticed how when you are kind to people, it inspires them to be kind towards you? Have you noticed that? I hope you have. Okay, what, what, about, what about that person who has never been kind to you? Yeah, there have probably been a few like that, right? What about that person who's never been kind to you? Well, God has the answer for us again. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 15 tells us what to do. It says, See that no one pays back evil for evil, but always try to do good to each other and to all people. That is mercy. Wow. Wow. Far out. Amen. All right. Let me take you to a second significant truth here, and it is this. We're talking about more practical ways of showing mercy. Secondly, show mercy by letting go of past hurts. Show mercy by letting go of past hurts. 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 5, tells us to do this. 1 Corinthians 5. Uh, 13, 5, the latter part says, Love keeps no record of being wronged. Love keeps no record of being wronged. Question. Do you keep a mental record of wrongs? Of wrongs that maybe your, your husband or wife has ever done? Do you keep a record of wrongs? Your, your kids, your brother or sister? Someone at work, at school, or at church has ever done? Do you keep a record of whatever possible wrong a pastor has done? Years ago, years ago, for instance, I, I was attending a leadership conference with Dr. John Maxwell, who has written some of the best books on leadership in the Christian and secular world. I remember him talking about how when he had been pastoring a particular church before he went into the full-time teaching ministry of uh, leadership training, I remember how he was talking about uh, referring to when he used to pastor, every week, every week after church services, he would get an email or, or a letter from a man in his church and in this e email or letter, the man would say, Dear Pastor, just so you know, 
in your sermon today, you had five grammatical mistakes, eight incomplete sentences, three times you used fuzzy logic, and two times you quoted a Bible verse but actually gave the wrong reference. The person would say things like that, okay? Dr. Maxwell in that conference said that every week this guy would keep a record of any mistakes he made instead of focusing on the overall great message, great truth Dr. Maxwell presented in his sermons. Question, do you keep a record of people's wrongs? Whoever it is. One man was talking with another, and he said, uh, he said, my friend, my friend, I went home last night, and my wife, my wife got historical. His friend said, you mean, you mean she got hysterical, hysterical. No, he said, no, no, she got historical. She told me everything I've ever done wrong. My friend, let go of past wrongs, past hurts. Love keeps no record of being wrong. Don't keep a record of being wrong in your family, with coworkers, neighbors, with church folk, with neighbors, wherever and whatever the circumstance might be. Uh, Rick Warren says, when you hold on to a hurt, you are not being loving. He continues on and says, when, when, someone, when someone says or does something which hurts you, don't repeat it. Delete it. What that means, for example, is you don't keep rehearsing it in your mind. You don't keep bringing it up. You don't keep holding it over their head. You don't tell other people about it. That's gossip. Let it go, he says. Let it go. Wow. Wow. All right, let's move on. Truth number three, truth number three is this. Show mercy by helping someone who is hurting, someone who has a need. If you care, you will be aware. If you care, you will be aware. Jesus tells the story of the Good Samaritan a man who came across a person on the road who had been robbed and beaten. Two other religious people had walked past him, but the Samaritan, who was of a different culture and different race, stopped and bandaged him up and helped him. He put him on his donkey, took him to some kind of a motel where he could heal up, get food and nourishment. The Samaritan paid the motel operator whatever it cost, and in fact said to him, if there are more expenses, I'll pay you next time I come by. Proverbs 3.28 says, if you can help your neighbor now, don't say, come back tomorrow, and then I'll help you. Sometimes a person has an emotional need, a physical need, a financial need, a friendship need or a variety of other needs. 
And, and by the way, by the way, God, God is also concerned with the attitude with which we show mercy. That's right, the attitude with which we show mercy. Romans 12, verse 8, part B, the latter part, says this. It says, and if you have a gift for showing kindness to others, do it gladly. That's the New Living Translation. L listen, listen to the, the English Standard Version translation of Romans 12, verse 8. It says, when you do acts of mercy, show mercy with cheerfulness. Isn't that good? Show mercy with cheerfulness. Wow. Don't show mercy with a grudging attitude. Mercy is being helpful towards someone who is hurting, someone who has a need. And do it, do it with joy. Do it with cheerfulness. Now, friends, I understand that on rare occasions, someone, someone might not want your help or mine. That happens. The other day, I popped into Home Depot in our city here. I popped into Home Depot to pick up something just before they closed at, I think it was 10, 10 p.m., when I left the store, I was walking towards my car, and I noticed a man who was trying to get into his vehicle. He had uh, purchased a bunch of things, some wood and some metal things, whatever it was, for his project, and uh, had, of course, intended to put them in his vehicle. Unfortunately, he had locked his keys in the car, and he had a long metal pipe, that he had squeezed through the door, trying to, trying to hit the lock to, to open it. Now, his car looked very, very nice and, and quite new. And to be honest with you, I, I, kind of, I kind of cringed when I saw him trying to bend the door open to release the lock, because I thought, oh my, you're going to damage your car. Uh, I was concerned about, you know, just unnecessary damage. Anyway, I said, I said to him, I said, uh, my friend, you, you probably have a second set of keys at home. Can I go get them for you so you don't damage your door and other parts of your car? He said, no, no. <laughs> he said, I lost my other keys. I lost my other keys, so I don't have anything else. Well, he kept pushing and pulling on the door, and I, I, I was trying to figure out a better, better solution, and I said, do you have CAA? Do you have CAA? And I told them that they have a special tool that enables them to open a door in two or three minutes. I mean, I, I've seen a CAA gentleman <laughs> open a door for someone in our church parking lot here, actually, uh, you know, open it probably in under, under two minutes, maybe less. So uh, they, they know how to do this, and uh, they have a special tool. So anyway, I asked him if he had CAA, and he said, no, I, I don't have CAA. So I said, well, I have, I have CAA, and I can call them, and it won't cost you a penny. It won't cost you anything. He said, no, 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 don't phone them. No, 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 don't call them. And he said, I'll probably get it open before they come anyway. 
Well, the way it was going, I, I didn't know that that would happen. And if I recall correctly, it was starting to rain a little bit. Any, anyway, it became apparent that he didn't want my help, and so I left. But there wasn't anything more that I could do. All I'm saying is, my friends, not often, but sometimes a person might not want your help or mine, but at least you tried, right? At least you tried. Okay, moving on to point number four. Here's the fourth truth. Show mercy by giving people a second chance. That's right. Show mercy by giving people a second chance. I should also add a third chance, fourth chance, fifth chance. Yeah, Jesus talked about that. Forgive the fallen, especially those who have hurt you. Now, that's not, that's not normal, is it? For a lot of people, that's not normal. Usually when someone hurts us, we want to do what? We want to get even. Or we want to write them off. It's like, forget that guy or forget that lady. I've had it with him. I've had it with her. Isn't that true? That's often the normal reaction of a lot of people. If someone puts you down, for example, at work, at home, or at church, you're not likely to want to give him or her a second chance, are you? Let's be honest. Let's be honest. You're inclined to want to fight back. However, however, Listen to what God says about how you and I should respond. If we're going to live by the holy book, by God's book, here is how we should respond. Ephesians chapter 4, verses 31 and 32 declares, here it is, it says, Don't get bitter or angry or use harsh words that hurt each other. Don't yell at one another or curse or ever be rude. Instead, be kind and merciful and forgive others just as God forgave you because of Christ. Yeah. That's the contemporary English version, by the way. Wow. Wow. Be kind and merciful and forgive others just as God forgave you because of Christ. All right, let me take you to this final truth, number five. Show mercy by doing good to those who hurt you. Show mercy by doing good to those who hurt you. My friend, often... The people you want to love the least are the ones who need your love the most. Often the people you want to love the least are the people who need your love the most. Did you know that? Hurtful people need huge amounts of love and mercy. 
Who has recently hurt you the most? Who is it? You probably know who it is. Well, they need your mercy. That's right. Listen to Luke chapter 6, verses 35 and 36. It says, Love your enemies. Do good to them. Why don't you read it with me? Read it with me from from the screen. All right? Read it with me. Love your enemies. Do good to them. Lend to them without expecting to be repaid. Then your reward from heaven will be very great, and you will truly be acting as children of the Most High, for He is kind to those who are unthankful and wicked. You must be compassionate as your Father is compassionate. Wow. Wow. There is a wonderful story about President Abraham Lincoln, who served as the 16th President of the United States from 1861 to 1865. Just so you know, I, I didn't actually know the dates. I looked them up. I, I, I looked up the dates for my uh, interest and yours. Unfortunately, the United States experienced a civil war between 1861 and 1865. After the 11 southern states were defeated in the war by the northern states, President Lincoln spoke to a crowd in Washington, D.C. from the balcony of the White House. Mr. Lincoln was setting out his plan to rebuild the United States after the Civil War, which took a a terrible toll on the country. And there were thousands, thousands killed. At the end of Mr. Lincoln's speech, a senator from Iowa whose name was James Harland shouted out. He shouted out, And what do we do with the rebels? What do we do with these Confederates who started this war in the first place. He was referring to to soldiers from the South who had been captured. What do we do with them? The merciful, rather the, the, the unmerciful crowd, the unmerciful crowd shouted back, hang them! Hang them! Hang them! That's what the unmerciful crowd said. And what is interesting, what is interesting is uh, President Lincoln's 11-year-old youngest son, whose name was Tad. Tad was standing right next to his father. And Tad said, This little boy said, no, Daddy, no, Daddy, no, Dad, don't hang them. Hang on to them. Hang on to them. His son was essentially saying, don't kill them. Save them. President Lincoln 
looked at the crowd and said, my son, my son has the answer. My son has the answer. We're not going to hang them. We're going to hang on to them. Lincoln was saying that they would save the lives of the rebels. They wouldn't hurt them. They would save them. And that, my friends, was mercy. That was mercy. President Lincoln chose to do good to those who tried to bring about hurt to the northern states. Some of you might know, by the way, President Lincoln was assassinated in 1865 for doing away with slavery, for doing away with slavery in the United States. This week, my friend, who, who is someone, who is someone you can show mercy by doing good to a person who has hurt you? Beloved, here's what I've shared with you. Here are the five truths I've shared with you. Number one, show mercy by being kind to a person who doesn't deserve your kindness but needs it. You'll see this little summary on your screen. Number two, Show mercy by letting go of past hurts. Number three, show mercy by helping someone who is hurting, someone who has a need. Number four, show mercy by giving people a second chance. And number five, show mercy by doing good to those who hurt you. Let us grow and be filled with mercy. James 3.17 says, Wisdom is full of mercy and the fruit of good deeds. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, thank you for your mercy towards each one of us. Thank you for your mercy towards me, Pastor Nick. Thank you, Lord, for being merciful towards this pastor. Lord, help me. Help each listener, each viewer to be merciful towards others. Thank you for being willing to forgive my offenses, for wiping out my past sins when I put my faith in Jesus Christ. 
Lord, may you help each viewer to accept the mercy of forgiveness. Forgiveness of sins through faith and trust in Jesus that you offer to each of us. Thank you, Lord, for your incredible mercy that is new every morning. And thank you for the fact that through the presence and the power of your Holy Spirit, you are able to fill our hearts with mercy. Let it be so, Lord. Let it be so. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. And amen.